Hey, it's Dr. Kieran. Have you ever wondered why you're overweight and tired and why these two symptoms always seem to be linked in you and your friends? Have you wondered what the common thread is that's causing these in your life? Well, listen up because in this episode, I have a functional nutritionist who's going to shed light on exactly why your weight and fatigue issues are linked, what nutrients you might be deficient in, and how to start replacing them today. This episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio is brought to you by The Shine, energizing, detoxifying, and balancing breakfast replacement shake. Available in delicious vanilla latte with 18 grams of protein and very low carbs. It's in your shaker bottle with water and you are out the door with a healthy, nutritious shake to power you through your day. Eat sparkles for breakfast and shine all day. Available at KieranDunstonMD.com. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran here with another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Welcome. I'm so glad that you decided to join me today. Today, we are going to talk about something that's of interest and importance to everyone. We're going to talk about fatigue, energy problems, and weight issues and how they relate to nutritional deficiencies. My guest today specializes in functional nutrition, and she's going to help you understand what nutrients you're not getting in your diet and how this could be affecting your health, particularly decreasing your energy and increasing your weight and why these two are related. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Shelly Gowith is a functional nutrition specialist who helps busy professionals worldwide reduce stress in their lives by combining medically sound practices with nutritionally based care. Her online course, The Beginner's Guide to Your Best You, will help you recognize the impact that your emotional, psychological, and physical habits have on your overall lifestyle and well-being and transform your health and your life. Shelly believes in making good health easy so that no matter how busy you are, you can sustain healthy habits that last for a lifetime. Welcome, Shelly. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yes, glad to have you here and excited to delve into this topic. And just want to give a little background on why I thought it was important to talk about this because you and I could talk about so many things. We're both (laughs) passionate about functional health and global treatment for women of their health problems by treating the root cause. But two-thirds of women in their 40s and above are overweight or obese. A third of people worldwide suffer with some form of fatigue, whether it's transient episodic fatigue ranging to chronic fatigue that lasts longer than six months. And oftentimes in people, these symptoms are linked. If you're listening, ask, is this you? Mm-hmm. And if it is, you'll want to listen up because we're kind of delve in today into uh, nutrient deficiencies that you may be experiencing that are undiagnosed because these deficiencies are not commonly checked for in regular medical practices all the time. And so we're going to help you understand what macro and micronutrient deficiencies could be lurking. So talk to everybody listening about your thoughts on this topic. Yeah, that's a big question. Um, my yeah. thoughts are 
with the trend in different diets, so we're seeing like the ketogenic diet or the paleo diet or the vegan diet or the vegetarian diet or whatever, I think those are great things to use as sources because you've always got lots of great meal ideas and lots of great meal plans and recipes to go with that. But what we're seeing with any of those diets is there's always an elimination of key macros or key nutrients because macros are just looking at your proteins, your fats, and your carbohydrates. And when I talk to women or men in clinic and I say carbohydrates, that we want them in your diet, they start smiling because they're getting really excited. And they're like, I'm here seeing a nutritionist and she's telling me I can have carbohydrates. So then I'm like behind that grin, I'm like, what are you picturing when I say carbohydrates? And often they're thinking pizza, pasta, and um, bread. And I'm like, no, no, no. What? And this is a common question that whenever I do corporate talks, I say to like the group's what category do you put vegetables in? And often they'll say, you know, like your um, sweet potato, which we have in New Zealand, like sweet potatoes or kumra, which is a New Zealand thing, and pumpkin and um, yams, they'll put them into the carbohydrate category. And then I'm like, but what about our leafy greens and our broccolis and our cauliflower and all of those vegetables? They are carbohydrates too. And so what we're seeing is there's a huge deficiency, especially, say, with the ketogenic diet or even the paleo diet. People aren't getting in enough vegetables into their diet anymore, and that's a huge source of macros and micros as well. Like, you need to get all of these. And I say to my clients, they need, when we're trying to keep it easy, but often people want guidelines, about six to eight cups of vegetables a day. I really see most of my clients that come into clinic or that I see online, when I'm looking at their food journals, I'm not seeing that amount of vegetables in their diaries, right? Like they might, if they're keto, they might be doing their bulletproof bulletproof coffees. So they're skipping, they're fasting. A lot of people are now doing intermittent fasting too. And all of those things are fine. But now you've got to be really intentional with what's going into your diet. And the other trend that I'm seeing, and this is I'm seeing this worldwide when I travel and stuff, is a lot of people are now aware that gluten isn't necessarily agreeing with their bodies or they're getting symptoms from it, right? So a lot of people are going gluten-free, which is fine. Like, I'm gluten-free too, so I'm an advocate for it. But the problem with that is 100 years ago, all the grains and the gluten and stuff, that was where we got all our good fiber to feed all the prebiotics in our guts, Right. So we needed to feed our good gut bacteria in our guts, and we still do need to do this. And a lot of people now just think, oh, I have a probiotic supplement or whatever. But we still need the prebiotics from our food, right? So when we eliminate what like lots of us are on these diets, the paleo or the keto or whatever, when we eliminate all this, all these grains, and if it makes you feel better, that's fantastic. But now we've got to really be conscious of where are we getting that fiber from to feed all the gut bacteria that we need. So you can be so nutritionally depleted yet eating, and I say in inverted commas, a healthy diet if Mm -hmm. you're not really conscious of where you're getting all these macros from. So if you want to eliminate all the grains, that's great. And if you want to go high fat, that's also great if you feel good with that. But you've got to make a real intentional, conscious decision to now be adding in all of these leafy greens, like all of these greens into your diet. And that's where I'm seeing a huge, I'm just not seeing it happening with people because we're not conscious of it, we're not aware of it, we don't realize that when you take out whole groups of 
vegetables or whole groups of foods, you've got to be replacing it with other things. Um, and so it's really important. And that's why I love the food diary when clients first come in because they can start to see. And even people at home, like I really encourage all my corporate clients, start writing it down because it's one thing to have it in your head. But when you're writing it down, you suddenly, most of my clients have these aha moments where they're like, oh my gosh, like I thought I was eating healthy and probably they are by most standards, but they're just not getting in all the nutrients that they need. And we, I personally really want people to be getting all their macros and their nutrients from their diets, from what's going into their mouths. We don't now want you to have to take a whole bunch of pills Unless your area genuinely has a nutritional deficiency in the soil or something else is going on, you want to get it from your food. It's the cheapest way to do it, and it's the easiest way. Right. So you bring up a lot of important points I just want to highlight there. And the first is that elimination diets, anytime you start eliminating foods and particularly whole groups of foods, like if you're not a grain eater or you don't eat meat and you're vegan or vegetarian, you really do set yourself up for nutrient deficiencies. And this is huge, particularly for vegetarians and vegans who can be deficient in nutrients that our body needs to function. So, for instance, B12 and carnitine, you can only get those from meat. And a lot of vegetarians don't understand that. So if you have eliminated a food group, you really do need to talk with a nutritionist or a functional nutritionist or a functional medicine practitioner about what you need to be doing to recoup those nutrients somewhere else. So that was one very important point I want to bring up. And then another point that you made is that you can essentially, it doesn't matter what diet you follow, but if it's paleo or it is vegetarian or it's pescatarian or whatever it is, but you can have a healthy or keto, I call it clean keto or dirty keto. Oh, yeah. I agree. Clean vegetarian or dirty vegetarian. You can be a clean carnivore or a dirty (laughs) carnivore, right? And so a lot of people don't understand that, and they think that vegetarian is vegetarian, vegan is vegan, and pescatarian is pescatarian. Well, that's not true. And certainly with ketogenic, if you eat what I call a dirty ketogenic diet, (laughs) you're eating a lot of unhealthy, non-organic, non-grass-fed meats. You're eating farm farmed fish, so all your proteins have unhealthy fats in particular and may have additives like antibiotics and chemicals uh, and hormones. And you don't necessarily eat the essential, the veggies. And that's where I find people skimp all the time. Like you said, when people come, they're eating a cup of vegetables a day. And I tell them, no, 10 servings of fruits and vegetables. And so you really need to look at what you're eating. And oftentimes the difference is, is the veggie. So I want to highlight that thank you for bringing that up and so if you're listening ask yourself and I love the third point that you brought up about diary uh, writing down what you're eating and keeping track of it because I find that in in our minds if our (laughs) recall is notoriously wrong I don't know about you but mine is oh what do you (laughs) get Oh, all I ate was such and such, and I just remember the healthy things. I don't remember that, you know, I was at at eating with my friend, and I pulled stuff off of her plate. You know, that that doesn't go on my diary, but if you really look at it meticulously 
and sit down with someone who's knowledgeable about functional nutrition and go through it. You can really see where these holes are because, folks, if you're listening, 70% of Americans have nutritional deficiencies. If you have health problems, it's more like 90%. And in some of the nutrients um, that we're going to talk a little bit more about, for instance, iron, it's um, about 25%, and that's the most common nutrient deficiency. Magnesium can be actually even higher than that. So that I say iron is number one, but it's probably more likely magnesium. Magnesium, yeah. 50% of people are deficient. And so if you're not looking at these, which at your regular doctor's office, this is not something that's routinely checked. They might check a B12 or a, um, a vitamin D or a folate, but most of them are not going to delve into some of the other nutrient deficiencies. And so getting a reality check by writing down everything that you're eating and not eating and sitting down and looking at it is a good place to start. So thank you for bringing up those points. I think they're huge for everybody listening. Me too. And even just of what, based on what you said, because you're right, so many people are deficient in iron. Like that's what we're seeing in New Zealand too. It's a big trend. And iron plays a huge factor in your energy levels. Like number one, you know, like you always want to check your iron when, or B12 when you've got fatigue issues. Mm-hmm. There's obviously other things going on. But when you do it supplement-wise, and don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place to do it. When you're having it supplement-wise, then you've got to remember to have your iron with your vitamin C too because that's how you take Mm -hmm. absorption of it. So now you've got to be thinking at home, okay, I can't just have my iron. Am I having it with vitamin C too so I can actually uptake it? But when you're really conscious of it in your diet, the way nature has foods, like when it's whole foods from nature, like without man interfering in it at all, you uptake that together anyway because nature's made it the way that we actually need to be able to absorb it. So you can take it with supplements, and I'm big into that, especially when you're really low. Like if anyone's got low labs, I'm always like, let's supplement it to get you up mm-hmm. high as fast as possible because we don't want you to feel miserable. But then it's always remembering when you're taking specific nutrients, they always need you need the help to know how to take them so you actually uptake them because when they're in foods, they're always just designed naturally like that. So we often just eat them, get the benefits. But once we're starting to take it in the vitamin form, then we need to know all the ins and outs and we need to know how we actually going to make the most of it. Because you can supplement with vitamin, I mean, for, with iron for a long time, but without the vitamin C, you're not absorbing it into your body. Well, and you don't want too much iron. So if you're listening, it's always best to test, not guess. Definitely. Don't hear us talking and run out and start taking iron. Definitely. You could have some familial defect with your iron processing, like hemochromatosis, where you would totally. store it in the liver, and you don't want to do that. And too much iron is actually acts as a, a rust agent or an oxidant in your body. So you, you don't want that. But iron is one of the most common and that will contribute to fatigue. So let's talk about what are some of the more co- other common micronutrients, because that's what we're talking about, our micro or the smaller nutrients, which include vitamins and minerals. Macronutrients are your big nutrients like carbs, fats, and proteins. So what are some other micronutrient deficiencies that people could be experiencing that are contributing to their weight gain and decrease in energy? So iron 
like we've talked about, B12 is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, for clients that have had really struggling with their adrenal health, which is I like to say to clients in clinic that they're like your energy hormones. So creating good energy in your body just so they kind of understand it. Vitamin C and sodium is a big one, sodium potassium, because your adrenals mm-hmm. control your mineral corticoids, So, which is just a big name for your minerals. And the biggest ones they control is sodium and potassium. So sodium you often nutritionally mm-hmm. get from good quality salt. And potassium, a big source is bananas, um, if you want it food-wise, but there's other sources too. Zinc is a huge one for energy and weight loss as well, like weight gain. A mm-hmm. lot of people that I'm seeing, especially in New Zealand, really low zinc. Um, iodine is another big one, yes. which is for your thyroid health. And in New Zealand and Australia at the moment, we are chronic. Like the statistics are showing that our babies are being, and this is mainstream medical worlds putting out these statistics. Yeah. Our babies are being born with not enough iodine. And if that's the statistic we're seeing here, I'm suspecting it's going to be a worldwide trend as well, where the mums go are pregnant with not enough iodine in their bodies, and then the poor babies mm-hmm. can't be born with enough either because as the baby grows inside of you, it sucks more and more iodine. And iodine is key for your thyroid function, for metabolism, mm-hmm. for energy, for so many different things. Um, vitamin D is a huge one that I was seeing deficiencies, and that's big for energy just in general, but also your gut health, your gut lining. If you've got an autoimmune condition, you really want to be checking your vitamin D levels because that's an autoimmune conditions are often total energy drainers. Like it's your body attacking itself, so you're just chewing through your energy. Um, and then especially as women age, like in that 40-plus bracket, DOQ10 is a major one, and that's the energy mm-hmm. of your cells. So in one sense, we're all just cellular beings. Like we're made up of tiny, tiny, right. tiny, tiny little cells. So it's our cells that we want to be getting the energy to, and when we are not giving them the main nutrients that they need, and one of the biggest ones is COQ10, you're they're missing out. So if you're not creating it on a cellular level, You've got no hope of having the energy as a physical being. Um, and COQ10 is really hard if you're a vegetarian to get from because the main sources of it is like um, organ meats. Um, and so for a lot of people these days, they don't want to eat that. Like even my clients that are paleo or keto, they screw up their noses when I'm like, you need to have good organic meat. And they're like, yeah. eh, eh, eh. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, and children often aren't getting it. So it's something that often we're seeing the trends right from bay, like little newborns all the way to adulthood, that's one of the nutritional deficiencies that we're just seeing more and more and more of. Um, so they're the biggest ones that I see in clinic and they're the biggest ones that really impact. They're just, but I would say that they're just basic nutrients that you need. Like that's not even going for like optimal health. This is just like standard food health running a panel. Yeah, like super basic. Like we're not talking about being a supercharged energy bunny at this point this is just like good nutrients that you need to be getting in and making sure that you've got all those micros in your body and getting them in either through supplementation forms or through your diet so they're the real key ones um and magnesium i don't think we just said that one but magnesium as well so those are the ones and magnesium is a big one in terms of metabolism energy sleep 
cramping, like just feeling good in general. Um, people love magnesium for hormonal health, detoxification. <laughs> yeah, yeah, detoxification. And that's the other thing, now that you've said pooping, like how many people, like I spend all day, every day talking about poos. I like to say stools and clinics so it sounds a little bit better. Right. But your poos tell you what's happening with your health because a poo is water, fiber, toxins. If you're not pooing every single day because you don't have enough fiber or water, where do you think those toxins are going in your body? They're going straight to the fat. If you're overweight, you're storing a whole bunch of toxicity, often if it won't shift, in those fat cells. So if you can't poop it out, your body's going to store mm-hmm. it. And then what's it going to do? It's never going to let you lose that weight. If that, fat's, if that fat on your body is filled with toxicity, you've got no hope of shifting it at this point. That's when you really need to be looking into your nutritional deficiencies and getting yourself going to the toilet because poos is pretty much your body's way of elimination, eliminating toxins. And it sounds so even- fancy when you say it with your accent. Poos. <laughs> poos. Your poos is your body's way of eliminating toxins. And it's so true. And just to highlight a few things that that you've brought up, and you were talking about the CoQ10, and so a lot of the nutrients that we're deficient in as we get older because we don't take in enough by what we're eating or we're not breaking our food down and we're not absorbing it have to do with the mitochondria in our cells. You were talking about how we're cellular beings, yes, and in our cells we have our little powerhouses, the mighty mitochondria. And that's where your body produces energy called ATP. And that's like when you go to your job and you make money, you make a salary, you make dollar bills or whatever your currency is, and you can spend it on rent and to buy food. This is where your body makes energy so it can spend it to bat an eyelash or think a thought or digest your food or move a muscle. And so it's the mitochondria that need the CoQ10 and need the B vitamins and all these other nutrients that we're talking about in order to make energy. And so why are fat and fatigue coupled is because your body has to burn fat for fuel to make ATP for energy. So if you have a breakdown in the mitochondria, that is like the seesaw fulcrum between your weight and your energy. So this is why weight and and energy are coupled at the mitochondria. It's really kind of like a bow tie system there. So thank you for highlighting that. Yes. That was a good description. I like the way you did that too. It's and so then I heard. Yeah, and so, but I love what you're talking about with the poo, your poos. <laughs> you know, magnesium is used for over 300 enzymatic processes in the body, but it's huge. And one of the main ways you can know that you're magnesium deficient is if you're constipated, uh, because yep. magnesium is essential for muscle motility. And so, one of the first places you're going to see that is your muscle, that smooth muscle that moves your stool through, isn't going to be moving. Totally. So, yeah. Or so cramping. What are some- I see it yeah. lots of uh-huh. cramping as well. Magnesium with cramping in the body, especially if you do a lot of exercise. A lot of my athletes will be like, I'm cramping and I don't normally. And I'm like, let's check your magnesium levels. 
Yes, and so athletes have some special issues when it comes to deficiencies. <laughs> and I, I, I'm amazed at the number of athletes or sports, sports enthusiasts I come across who don't supplement. So what are their extra nutrient needs? Well, it changes depending on what the sport. And so I see some really high-level New Zealand athletes. So depending on which industry they're in, they're changing. They need different things. But they often, well, it makes sense. Like I always bring it back to logically. Like they're pushing their body so much harder than the average person. Even if you're just a weekend warrior kind of doing five-hour marathons or whatever, you're just draining your body often of electrolytes, which once again is kind of looking at your potassium, your sodium, your um, magnesium. They're often very depleted in magnesium. They're often not eating just on a macro level enough fat. Like a lot of them are skimping on the fats because – my generation especially and younger or even like 40 plus we grew up like i used to be a marathon runner on the squidgy like sugary things like you must run mm-hmm. eat those sugary like how many people do we see with the sugary candy things right. so we're just yeah. draining our body we're putting in chemicals in the first place making our liver work harder as we're running so far dehydrating ourselves and then draining our bodies of the nutrients that we actually need. And I know me personally, um, I wasn't replenishing myself afterwards. I was doing nothing. In New Zealand and Australia and America too, you often see sometimes sports stars are promoting some sort of electrolyte drink, but that will be filled with flavors. Our ones are always colorful. And so you're getting flavors, you're getting ingredients that have got chemicals in them, you're getting all the sugar, so you're still depleting your body of nutrients and then a lot of these um like high level athletes are having coffee and i'm not anti-coffee it's just be aware that when you're having coffee it's dehydrating you and you're depleting yourself of minerals as well often there's mold in the coffee um so then you've got a whole nother thing going on there um but yeah a lot of athletes are depending on the athlete lots of times vitamin c like there could be all sorts of their ones are always if a if a normal average person is deficient in everything we talked about like with your b vitamins so do all of these things athletes are drowning themselves draining themselves a whole heap more but without the awareness of it and we somehow think that carb loading like pasta with some sugar is going to make it all better Right. And so, yeah, athletes, if you're listening or you're an sports enthusiast, and this might mean that you just work out three to five times a week. Whenever I work out regularly or I sauna regularly, I always replace what I use up with additional supplementation because I can't eat that much food. (laughs) Talk a little bit about why you can't eat your way into adequate nutrition because I know when I practice regular medicine, I say quote-unquote regular medicine, I was taught about nutrition through med school and residency is that we get what we need through our food. And so patients would ask me all the time, do I need to take a multivitamin or supplementation? And I told them what I was taught. No, you don't. You get it from your food. So talk about why that's not true. So, big question. Okay, if you're coming with, first of all, energy, like if your energy is really depleted, and that was a part of my health journey with my energy and most of the clients that I see, or you've got inflammation in your body, when you're really down, yeah. like I always say to clients like on your labs or whatever, when you're really down in a nutrient, food is never going to pull you out of that. Like you need such high doses. So say, for example, you're not digesting your fats properly. One of the key nutrients or key food groups you can get it from is beetroot, right? So you could take 
the like you would literally have to be loading your plate every single meal with beetroot well that's great because now supposedly your gallbladder is going to be working better and your liver's function is going to be helping but now all you're eating is beetroot your poos are now pink you're getting no other nutrients like so whenever you're trying to boost your body back up to optimal health you've got to now neglect everything else that your body actually needs because you need to focus on it so much that yes you're fixing that one nutrient where it's B12 or whatever it is but you're not getting all your other nutrients so whenever it's you're really low with labs and when I'm testing clients in clinic we boost it back up whether it's zinc or whatever with huge doses of supplements and especially when you're low in energy you want your energy back like i would be a mean horrible practitioner if i was like oh no 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 you eat some oysters for the next year and some pumpkin seeds and let's hope your zinc levels go back up right meanwhile you could have a better immune system better energy <laughs> better quality life be able to get out of bed and just feel better right like that's just cruel you're so, quiet to be like damn that shelly she- like she's mean enough anyway she makes us focus on our food as it is and now she's withholding the one thing or whatever it is so when you're really depleted with labs food's not gonna cut it right like you can i always say like i teach clients how to test their own zinc levels at home with their zinc taste test and so i'm like let's get you up as fast as possible let's see if you can maintain it if your every other system's functioning really well in your body and we've got your digestion and i'll come to that in a second everything working well let's see if you can you can test yourself with the zinc taste test and then you can we can do a lab for it as well let's see if you can maintain it with diet but clients are never going to go from zero to a hundred with diet right so right. that's the first step is that when the, when you're really exhausted or inflamed, and inflamed means your body's in a lot of stress. And when your body's in a lot of stress, you're depleting a lot of your macro and micro, like a lot of your micronutrients. So whenever you're seeing that, you know that you're not going to get it from just diet. Then the second thing is if wherever in the world you live, and even within, within America, whatever state you're in, there's always nutritional deficiencies in the soil, right? So if you want to get all your food, like all your nutrients from your food, you need to make sure that the vegetables that have been growing in the dirt are actually, the dirt's even got the nutrients or the minerals that we need. And these days, through pollution, through farming, through sprays and chemicals and everything else, we're seeing just the sheer mass of production of how much vegetables need to be produced or how much food needs to be produced we're not seeing even if it's organic even if it's homegrown even if it's just absolutely amazing our soil is being impacted by pollution our soil is being impacted by all of these things so if it's not in the soil these greens can't magically produce it like they don't just go oh a healthy person needs iodine, iron, magnesium, selenium, zinc. Let's just pull this in. And even if they're pumping it in somehow, it's not the right stuff that our bodies actually need. So in New Zealand and Australia, we don't have selenium in our soil. Selenium's a key nutrient for energy, but for our thyroid health. So we and then we import the local Brazil nuts where everyone's like, yeah, but that's where you get your selenium from. Right. They don't have it. New Zealand, because our New Zealand Brazil nuts are growing here, where are we getting the selenium? So we can only get selenium from our Brazil nuts if they're imported from another country. But how many busy people, like if we've got to read labels for flavors and chemicals and numbers and this thing and that thing, 
we're not now going to be looking at the source of where this stuff's coming from, right? We see it in the organic shop. Most of my clients don't have time. And that's just the reality. Like I've got them looking at other things and I'm like, it's a, like we, you can't always do everything. So if it's not in the soil, you're not getting it on your plate, right? So that's another thing to be aware of. And then the third thing is if your digestive system isn't working properly, so that means that you actually eat your food, chew your food, have the hydrochloric acid that your stomach produces to break it down. And acid in your small intestines is where all the nutrient absorption. That's why we get the nutrient absorption, right? Anybody that's inflamed, anybody that's overweight, because overweight when you're not shifting your weight is always letting you know that you're inflamed and your body's in stress. Your small intestines will be in a stressed out state, an inflamed state. And when that happens, you're not absorbing your nutrients. So you could have the best diet in the world. It could be perfectly organic. You could be getting all your macros, your micros, keeping the most amazing food diary, fully well hydrated. But if that's, if you're seeing undigested food in your stools or you feel bloated after eating or fatigued or any sort of symptom around food, you're not now uptaking like the minerals in your body either. And your minerals from your food are your energy spark plugs. So there's actually a lot of different things going on to be able to get everything out of your food that you need to be able to. Um, and it's not just as simple as fill up your plate with six cups of vegetables or whatever and hope for the best. You've got to make sure. And when I see clients in clinic or just around the world, most people don't have great digestive systems now. Most people are just low in like these basic functions and basic systems in their body are out of balance. So that means then they can't get the benefits from their diet and then also throw in a food that's causing them inflammation that they don't realize that they're sensitive to and boom you it's hard right and you brought up so many good points so the fact that in your country the soil doesn't have selenium well i don't think the average person living in new zealand knows that and so they're just eating and you know, years later, they have some health problem, they get standard medical care, nobody's looking at their selenium, and selenium is important for so many functions, and the first one that comes to mind is thyroid function, and how rampant is thyroid disease, especially among middle-aged women, Women. Mm -hmm. and that's not getting checked, and, you know, it's a shame, because I really don't think that we should have to have a PhD in nutritional science in order to... a healthy life but the fact unfortunate fact is in this day and age you have to have nutritional literacy to be avoid disease and be optimally healthy and if you don't have the time to learn what you need to learn you need to get someone in your corner who can help you navigate this because i think that it's it's not only true in your country it's it's true all over the world i just want to cl- clarify you were saying beetroots right yeah Yes, okay, so beetroots, is, it's funny because in America we just call them beets. But, but what it highlights oh, for sorry, me beets, beets. is <laughs> that the beet that we eat typically, and a lot of times in American supermarkets, they have cut off the leaves on the top and they just sell the beet. And so nobody's eating the greens. But mm-hmm. in some of the farmer's markets, you'll get them with the greens. And, you know, nature really had has done a beautiful thing because you're meant to eat the whole plant and Mm -hmm. so 
Whole Foods. I actually did get at one of our superstores beets with the greens on them. So if you're listening and you're eating beets, eat the greens too. If you're getting carrots, eat the greens on the carrots. If you're getting parsnips, eat the greens on the parsnips because that will count for their nutrients because it's a different color phytonutrients that you're going to get in there. So I know we could talk for so long about this, but I just wanted to highlight for people weight and energy are connected, how they're connected, and how nutrient deficiencies are affecting these. And so I think that you've done a great job of really helping them understand that. I'd love it if you could outline for everybody listening three take action steps that they can use today, simple things that they could do to start moving towards nutritional literacy and nutritional competence in their lives. Number one, and we've touched on this already, but without fail for everyone, is keep, just write down a food journal. Write it on your phone. Mm. Write it on a scrap piece of paper. Write it wherever you need to. But as soon as I'm, I feel like my whole job is connecting people back to their bodies, because mm-hmm. as soon as you're connected to your body, your body doesn't lie. As soon as you've got that awareness, you become your best health detective, right? If you see in the morning that you've got great energy after eating a plate full of like six cups of greens or whatever, and then when you eat your full fat whatever at lunch and your energy drops off, you're going to be the one that can start to piece together the pieces and go, wow, look, I feel so much better when I eat this and not so great when I eat this or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But you suddenly get empowered you suddenly realize the impact because what goes in, what is the biggest thing we all do each day? It's not exercising three times a day. It's not necessarily meditating three times a day. We are eating at least three times a day, if not more. Um, Mm -hmm. So as soon as you can get that connection with how your body feels eating, it's not a doctor, it's not a nutritionist telling you you can't eat that food, right? Like I always say to clients, once they realize the impact that it's having on their bodies, they're empowered and educated and it's no longer Shelly tells me I can't eat this. It's my body tells me. And when you get tired and when the kids start screaming at you, if it's just Shelly telling you or whoever just telling you, that's going to go out the door. But when it's your body telling you, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired now. But if I go and eat that food or if I don't eat enough of this, I'm going to be more exhausted. You're highly motivated to stick to whatever that is that you need to stick to, right? So the number one is just the food journal and whatever form that looks like. There's so many apps these days. You can map your macros. You can map everything. Like depending on how detailed you want it, you can break it down with technology. Um, The next one is just increase your veggies. If you're only having one cup now, we'll just double it. Two, if you're already quite, you know, you're getting about three cups, we'll go towards the six to eight or ten as you like. Like just increase wherever you're at now. Don't use the excuse that I can't do that. It's too hard. (laughs) It's, you know, like we might have these numbers on a pedestal because a lot of clients need guidance and they want to know where the end game is. Yes, the end game is eight to ten cups. That's the end game. But if you're on half a cup, your one cup is a great end game for now. As long as you know, I'm always like, you go with where you are today and then you transition. You want the vision. You want the intention. You want to know where you want to end up. Great health is eight to ten cups. But if today you're only having a half, well, doubling that is great. And then you can keep on transitioning. So it's increased the amount of veggies. And then also, and this is big in America especially and in New Zealand too, but look at how much you're eating. Like we grew up in the gym generation where it's like 
eat small snacks all the time. Like you must be right. eating all the time, right? Like <laughs> people are like, what the heck? Like, yeah, just like that. Like, and we see it with our children. Like they're just like the whole school system set up to eat all the time. So we learn it from a very young age. But the reality is our digestive system needs time to rest. So no matter what you believe, and this is what I always say to clients, I'm like, yes, you've read literature. Yes, you've read scientific or medical information or whatever it is. But think logic here. If we think of our body like a washing machine, and all the mums listening, right, if you've got a front-loader washing machine, you do not interrupt that mid-cycle. No child is coming near your washing machine if that means you're starting again as you're trying to rush out the door, right? Like the washing machine does not get touched. It's like just too bad. Same with our bodies. We've got a digestive system and it takes four to five hours, sometimes six hours to complete the digestion of each meal. So if you start eating two hours after your first meal, your brain is now confused. Does it keep digesting what you've already been eating or does it start the process all over again? You're making it make an unnecessary decision and then you're getting undigested food Undigested food means inflammation, means your gut's going to get irritated and inflamed, which means stress, which means weight gain, right? Which means energy's dropping, all because you wanted that extra snack that you weren't even really hungry for, but you just think you should eat all the time because that's what we've been told. So the third change is look at your food journal. You want to go, and it changes depending on if you're intermittent fasting or whatever, but just as a baseline, breakfast to lunch, lunch to dinner, nothing. You want to be so full with your macronutrients and get it right for your body that you feel great, you have great energy, and you don't need the snacking. Of course, if you're out with your friends and you want some raw bliss ball or whatever it might be as an optional extra, well, we live lives. So, you know, we want to have fun and interact too. But as the golden rule, you want to be able to have those meals and that's it. Like you are full, you're sustained, you feel great. And guess what? Then you don't need the snack packs. Then you don't need to spend all that energy with all thinking about all that food. Suddenly it gets easy. You're just like, oh my gosh, I just eat my meals and I'm done. And if you're really super onto it and organized, you're doing your leftovers for your lunch the next day and you're like, wow, my life's good. So much easier. This food thing is not hard. And it shouldn't be hard. We don't want it to be hard because we want you to be able to have good health. So it's got to be easy. Right. Okay. I love those top three tips. I think they're awesome. So the top three take action tips that Shelly has outlined, start thinking about what one thing could I do? I don't have to do all of it. And I loved how you say 10 servings is the goal. It's the vision, but just start where you are and just ask yourself, could you double your vegetables? Just keep it simple. Not that, oh, I can't do it perfectly, so I'm not going to do any of it. But how can I start moving towards what my goal is? is if i'm gonna have eggs this morning could i add some spinach to it well yeah yes. you could add some spinach very simple uh so start asking yourself what one tip that shelly has given could you use and sometimes you don't know the benefit of it until you take the action and you might think you know and say oh write down everything i eat i know what i eat i don't need to write that down 
Just try it. It's a beautiful thing that happens when people actually do the steps and the exercises that we recommend. And I have people all the time in my course say, light bulb, wow, I didn't realize that this benefit, this unexpected benefit was going to come out of it. So pick one thing and take action today. And thank you so much, Shelly, for sharing your expertise with us today. So many pearls, so much information, so many no- so much knowledge, tools, and support that you've offered for everyone. I'm very grateful that you came on the podcast to share that with us. Thank you so much. The name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health, and I'd love it if you could share with everyone what that means to you. Her Brilliant Health, the biggest thing for me means having great energy. Having energy to do everything you love. Like I deal with lots of corporate clients and they just have the energy to work but not to do the things they love with their families and stuff. So for me, Her Brilliant Health is having the energy to do everything that you want to be doing in your life so that you can live the life that you love. I love that. I love that. And that is so true. And you certainly exemplify that. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I forgot to ask you, Shelly, how can people find out more about you and you have some resources you wanted to share? Go ahead and do that. I totally do. So to find out more about me, they can go onto my website or Instagram or social media. And my website is www.shellygarwith.com. Dot com, And then I've got this great takeaway freebie that I'm going to give to you all because I want you to be in the best health possible. So I'm going to make it super easy for you to learn how to eat right for your body. What foods are causing you inflammation? But super easy because remember, we don't want it to be hard work and it's got to be quick and easy. So you can all have access to this amazing freebie and it is life changing. Awesome. We'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you.